We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep reverence. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Podcast. They waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I'll never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Backcourt nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his pitch on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. It's no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing no, it's no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Drew Johnson. You can find both of us on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. I've committed to it now. You I got to use the name, huh? I did. I, you know, it's in my writing on DallasBasketball.com. It, it, you know, AP style. It's uh, you know, that's the formal way of doing it now. So I've I've given in and I've adapted to it. But I'm not changing the bird uh, on the <laughs> on the names. But you can find myself at Dalton underscore Trig. You can find my guy uh, DJ at Coach Drew thirty three. Guys, the Mavs have started out this preseason 0-2. They faced the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves twice in Abu Dhabi as part of the NBA's Global Games initiative, and they lost both games. And, you know, the first game I didn't see as much uh, outrage, or not, I guess it's not really outrage. I didn't see as many negative takes on the, on the timeline uh, with fans talking after that first one. Well, then they lost the second one, too, and then I started seeing more of that. And I'm thinking, you know, I get it. You know, you're coming off one of the most disappointing seasons that the Mavs have had in a while. You know, they, they went to the Western Conference Finals in uh, 2022, and then coming off of that, you lost Jalen Brunson, mediocre for most of the season, traded for Kyrie, had injury issues, lack of depth, and then things just plummeted. 
toward the end of the year. So, uh, and the Mavs missed the playoffs for the first time since Luca's rookie year in 2018-19. So, I get it. I get it. You know, uh, coming back from that, you'd like to see your team get in the win column. But I think there needs to be an emphasis here, DJ, that, uh, you know, the final result of these preseason games does not matter. What matters is what you see with your eyes, you know, what guys are doing individually, uh, you know, how how they're, you know, meshing together and uh, Coach Jason Kidd and his staff uh, seeing what they need to see, not just to, de- to determine the main rotation, you know, for the, the main roster, but also deciding, you know, who's going to get some of these two-way spots. You know, they have one two-way spot remaining right now. Uh, we had our guy uh, Jelly Walker on the pod earlier this offseason, and, you know, he was talking about how he is hoping to get that final two-way spot, and you never know. I mean, another one could open up. You know, a guy like A.J. Lawson, uh, Mike Miles Jr., they have two of those now, but that might not be the case by the time the uh, the season opener rolls around. So it's a lot of it's a lot of a process. It's like a long process in preseason. So it's not really about wins and losses, even though you'd love to win anytime you can. It's more about you know what are these guys doing in the minutes they're getting, uh, and especially the rookies against the first time they've ever had against real NBA talent. And we'll start with Derek Lively, your guy. You know, you've been pining for him since around this time last year uh, or close to it. And, you know, know, what what a, you know, (laughs) talk about throwing a guy into the deep end and telling him to uh, sink or swim. You know, his first real NBA action against real NBA competition, and he's going up against a front court duo of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. So it's welcome to the league, Derek Lively. You are <laughs> you are officially here, uh, and he did he did well. I mean, yeah. look, the numbers were not eye popping, but you know, through two games, he had I believe four blocks, four or five blocks, and really, you know, he altered more shots than that. We talked about it before we came on here. You know, even if he wasn't grabbing a rebound, he was boxing out or fighting enough for a rebound with Gobert or whoever was there that it allowed another Maverick to come up with a rebound. And, you know, especially that second game, the Mavs actually ended up out-rebounding the Timberwolves 51-46, to which is crazy in my opinion. You know, you know the Wolves – Give into the front court, you know. I mean, Right. You know, the Wolves should be blowing the Mavs away in that category. So I thought that was a really impressive – uh, sign, but I mean, what are your initial takeaways from these first two preseason games we've seen from Derek Lively specifically? You know, I mean, obviously he brings to the table what we predicted he would. He uh, he's very good on the glass. He's very good as far as a uh, shot blocker and shot alterer is concerned. He does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Like he's very disruptive on the defensive end. It's very long any kind of post-entry passes he's able to get his hands on. Um, He'll even disrupt uh, pick-and-roll passes uh, that were not exactly his man that was screening. He's still able to disrupt that out of help, which, you know, that takes tremendous length and athleticism. Um, So he has all that down. You know, the concerns are what the concerns are that we thought would arise, and that's strength. Um, You know, he got bodied by Gobert a couple times. There was one – uh, 
play in particular that I think you're probably thinking of as where as well whenever he got pushed to the side and dunked on. That wasn't good. Yeah. But that's kind of a welcome to the league moment. The guy's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. The guy hasn't spent a whole season in the weight room yet. Okay. There is a lot to be excited about with him, I think. I'm still on the the Derek Lively bandwagon. So Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's gonna I think he's gonna be great. Uh and you know, while you know, after those games over there, our guy uh, Grant Afseth, DallasBasketball.com, he's he's in Abu Dhabi. He's now in Madrid, waiting on this uh, game the Mavs are going to play against Real Madrid. Uh, a Luka Doncic homecoming that we'll get into here a little bit later. But uh, when he was in Abu Dhabi after those games, you know, he he talked with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And the the talk with Gobert was interesting because he had you know. For a guy who hadn't seen much of Lively, he was very complimentary of him. Uh, and he, you know, pointed to the fact that the Mavs uh, hired Alex uh, Jensen. Uh, I think I said that. Yeah, Alex Jensen. He, he used to be a, an assistant coach for the Utah Jazz. And he played a big, big role in Gobert's development while he was in Utah. And so that's one of the main reasons that the Mavs you know, hired him this past off season is so that he could play a similar role in Lively's development going mm-hmm. forward. And that's one of the exciting things. It's like, you know, you have a guy who helped Gobert become Gobert, you know, three time defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, he's, he's tremendous on that side of the court. And what makes it so exciting is that you also have the offensive versatility that you're adding with Lively, too, that Gobert doesn't have. So, you know, if you can get a good mixture of what Gobert brings to the floor defensively paired with, you know, what Lively can do offensively, and we talked about it with Legends coach Jordan Sears, he said he's shown that Lively has shown the ability to shoot uh, all throughout the summer as well. If that can translate Mm -hmm. over, you've really got something. And then Carl Anthony Towns, he was asked about, you know, his thoughts on Lively, too. And he said, I think he's extremely athletic. The way I've seen him on the court, he's willing to learn and has a great attitude. So I think Dallas has a good one there. So nothing but high praise from the 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 great front court that Minnesota has. So really good stuff. Uh, I thought, you know, all things considered, he did well. And again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not jumping to conclusions about the Mavs losing preseason. I, I could care less about the final score of a preseason game it's just dumb i mean <laughs> the if you go back to the year um i think it was the the 2006 2007 season and we won't talk about how that one ended uh in the playoffs because nothing nothing of the significance happened that year but anyway uh in the preseason that year math started out oh and four and then they also started out the regular season oh and four and they ended up going uh, 67 and 15 yeah. uh, that season. So, I mean, it just – it doesn't matter. This is about feeling things out, uh, coaches getting their their rotations and strategies in line. And then the biggest thing, as Jason Kidd pointed out the other day too, is like you're trying to get out of these exhibition games without any kind of injuries. So, um, mm. all of that's the biggest stuff here, and I'm, I'm thrilled with what we've seen so far. Um Moving on from Lively, uh, another big positive for the Mavs, in my opinion, has been the play of Jaden Hardy. Uh, coming off a really promising rookie year, 
you know, didn't get to play a lot uh, during the first half of the year when he was with the Legends more than anything else. And then at the end of the year, uh, when injuries and stuff started piling up, you know, he really poured it on for him. So he put in a hard uh, uh, offseason of work, and he's looking for a great sophomore year. And he started out pretty good in preseason play. I mean, 13 points in the first game. Uh, he had he led the team with uh, 22 points in the in that second game and had like a team high eight rebounds I think which is part mm-hmm. of that what I was saying you know with with lively taking up so much attention that gave him the opportunity to grab some of those boards so that was good to see uh, Kyrie was out for that second game and so Hardy filled in at the two spot and you know I like some of the stuff we've seen from him so far. Uh, so with that said, well, I'll ask you the same thing I did about Lively. What did you think about Hardy's performance through these first two games? And also, I mean, what do you think this means as far as like, you know, the Tim Hardaway Jr. issue? How pressing is that, you know, for the Mavs to get something figured out so there isn't such a log jam at shooting guard? Well, I'll go ahead and start off with that Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. I was wanting us to you know, hopefully get something for him last year. I mean, I made that pretty well known. Um, I got some flack in a few of our uh, our um, <laughs> circles, but uh, I, that's something that I stick, uh, I stand by. And my reasoning for that is a: there is a log jam. B: I believe Tim Hardaway Jr. has some value that we can capitalize on. And C: I think that Hardy is probably a better long term solution. Um, and the reason that I say that is we've already seen the growth of Hardy, not just in his game, but in his body. Um, he's put on a lot of muscle. The guy's really bulked up. I think that's another reason why he was. He able. really has. He looks yeah. good. But he looks like an NBA player now. Um, and I think that's another reason why he's had that uh, that success on the glass that we've seen. Um, you know, there's some questions about his efficiency. And I'm not really worried about that because – we were asking him to do things that he wouldn't normally be doing in a big time regular season game or in the playoffs. Okay. He is going to fill a spot. He is going to serve a purpose, but he is not going to be the person that we rely on to win basketball games. We need to stop looking at people need to stop looking at Hardy from that guys, at least for right now, right now he serves a role and that's the big thing for him. And I think that, you know, the more time that he gets out there, the better that he will be. And again, it's a preseason game. I don't put much stock in anything that I see in a preseason game ever. I mean, for God's sake, Rick Gobert was out there throwing behind the back passes. So I mean, it's it's, it's not <laughs> not really anything that we need to be worried about. We need to look at the positives. This is not the time to start worrying. I think there's a lot of things that we can be excited about. Well, another thing with Hardy too, it's like, yeah, he might have these streaky moments, but. You know, you look at last season, he played 48 games for the Mavs, and there were some times where he was, you know, pretty streaky. But even with those streaky moments, he ended up shooting 44% from the field and Mm -hmm. over 40% from three, which Mm -hmm. is better than Hardaway. So, I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to have a high-volume guy, if you're going to have a chucker, so to speak, who has – streaky moments terminology (laughs) (laughs) if you're gonna have a guy like that yeah i mean it makes more sense to go with the 21 year old versus the 30 year old right uh you know who has had some injury issues and you know i mean look 
Tim Hardaway Jr. is a pro's pro. I mean, he has been nothing. He said nothing but the right thing since he's been in Dallas. And he's Mm -hmm. seems to have been willing to accept whether he starts or comes off the bench and all that stuff. But, you know, during media day, uh, when he did his, his press conference, I kind of got the feeling and he still said all the right things, but just, I kind of got the feeling from him that he is just, he's really, he's tired of all these trade rumors that have been going on for the last couple of years. And, you know, there's just such a log jam at shooting guard minutes now because you got, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. You got Jaden Hardy who is pushing hard, you know, for kid. And like he's giving kids so many reasons to give him more minutes. Mm -hmm. You just signed Seth Curry for his third stint in, in Dallas. And he's one of the best three point shooters of all time. So, I mean, you got to try to find some minutes for him. Have to. Uh, And then you have Josh Green, who is another young player. Uh, yeah, he looked yeah. good in these two preseason <laughs> games too. I mean, he had a couple threes. Like, I mean, he's really he's growing too. So we've got some decisions to make. Yeah, I mean, it, you've got guys that aren't just young, but they've shown that they're capable. So I mean, the Mavs just need to lean into that and give those guys those bigger roles. And then, like you said, Hardaway, he still produces at a high enough level, even though you know most people might think that he is he's overpaid. But based on when he signed that contract that he's on, he's making seventeen point eight million, I think, this year, and then like sixteen million next year because it's a descending salary contract. For mm-hmm. a guy that averages fifteen points per game and shoots like thirty eight percent from three, that's not terrible. I mean, no, there there there's a team out there that would take that kind of production, you know, from like a, a six man role type of shooting guard. Yeah, so. He could- there's no doubt he could help people. My thing with Hardy over him right now is a Hardy is still improving. Hardy is still growing. And also Hardy has some intangibles that Tim just doesn't have. Hardy has the ability to attack the basket. Hardy is developing as a pretty decent defender. And Hardy is also developing as a pretty good rebounder for a guard as we just saw. So Hardy's just more multidimensional. It's nothing against Tim. Tim's very serviceable in what he does, and he can help somebody. But I think for our particular situation, we need to look at capitalizing on the value that he still has in the trade market and give Hardy the reins, or at least give Hardy those minutes, rather. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, too, because, you know, before when the Mavs drafted Lively, for example, they they knew what kind of potential he had, and they were excited about that. But, you know, they were also, from the feel I got from everybody, you know, within the organization and everything, there was a feel that, you know, okay, he has a bunch of potential, but he's probably not ready, you know, to start from day one. And I feel like Lively kind of got that sense too because when we talked to him, he was like, look, that, you know, I have that circled on my board to start for the Mavs, but – I haven't earned that yet and, you know, all that stuff he was talking about. Now it's like a completely different feel that you get from everybody, uh, you know, around the Mavs. It's like, okay, well, he has shown that he can live in the weight room. He's put on muscle. Uh, He's learning quickly. You know, Tyson Chandler said that he's like a sponge. Like you just – you, you tell him something once to correct and, you know, he he does it the very next time. It's not like – 
you know, something that you have to just harp on the kid for, for weeks and weeks. He catches on quickly. He applies mm-hmm. what he, what he did wrong and, uh, you know, gets those changes put in. And I think all of the, the coaches have seen that. I think the, the Mavs are more optimistic about, you know, okay, this guy could start from day one. And if that's the case, you know, the biggest, the two biggest trades or hypothetical trades that I've had for Tim Hardaway Jr. throughout the past two, three months involved uh, the Hawks. You know, if they end up trading for Pascal Siakam, you know, the most logical piece going back to Toronto would be Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the Raptors, since they have Pirtle, they, they don't have any use for Capella. They already have a starting center. So mm-hmm. at the time, that made more sense, in my opinion. You know, you, you send Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Raptors in a three-way trade where the Hawks get Siakam, Raptors get Tim Hardaway Jr., Mavs get Clint Capella. And then you start Clint Capella for a stopgap center while Lively doesn't have all the pressure on him. Uh, coming off the bench so that was the first one and then the other one it doesn't really solve uh, any of your your shooting guard log jam issues uh, sending Hardaway to the Pacers for Buddy Heald you know who they haven't been able to work out a contract extension and you know the last report I saw from Shams a few weeks ago said that they were working on uh, potential trades to get him out of Indiana so that was the other one. Now, that that would make some sense for the Mavs just to have another elite shooting option. But, I mean, you don't really want to really pay a guy big money at that position when you have a guy like Hardy who's progressing the same, you know, the way he is at such a right. fast pace. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure what route the Mavs need to go here. Now, ideally, if you could get another uh, small forward or even, you know, a power forward – type like like it, it, it's not going to happen but like with toronto og ananobi you know he he's he could be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, season as well, like Pascal Siakam. So, I mean, if they can't work something out there, you know, if, if the Mavs could do something to get him uh, in Dallas, I think that would fit too. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, uh, you know, what works now for a Tim Hardaway Jr. trade. And that might be the predicament that the Mavs are finding for themselves. It's like, okay, we know there's a log jam. We probably need to do something with Tim, but it's like, what's out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what, right. what, what, what's the right fit? Because now you're thinking Lively can start from day one. Do we really want to go out and get another 
you know, starting center and move him back and potentially, you know, stunt his growth uh, now that we've seen what he can do and how fast he can progress? Or do we try and go and, you know, get another position that's out there? So, Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I mean, I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing to bring in another post player just to give someone uh, for lively to compete with. Ain't nothing wrong with competition and practice. Trust me on this. That's how you develop people is through competition every single day. They make each other better. And then you just pick the best one. It's really easy. Um, So I don't really have a problem with getting another post player to potentially back up lively. Um, Another thing I'd really like to look at is, you know, what's the value of Tim Hardaway Jr. as far as draft picks are concerned? What can we get as far as picks are concerned? Because if there is a currency in the NBA that is always clicking, it's draft picks. Um, and you know how I feel about the draft. So yeah, yeah. At the very least we can use them, which I'm a huge fan of using them. So when, when the Mavs leaned into this last draft, the way they did and ended up with two first round picks, I don't know of anybody that was quite as excited as you were. Yeah. I was so stoked. <laughs> so, I was like, yes, they're finally, finally investing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I, and this, while we're just talking about this, this popped into my head, but you know, there were some there was a rumor last season you know saying that the the Brooklyn Nets might have had some interest in Tim Hardaway Jr. and that's one of the teams right now you know that would be able to take him in just absorb him into their their cap space if i'm not mistaken so you know maybe that's a, a situation where the Mavs could get some draft capital back or you know if you want to fortify your you know, your forward position, you know, why not, why not trade Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Nets and get Dorian Finney-Smith back? Because, you know, the Nets, they're stacked with small forwards. Like they're, they're having the same issues logjam wise at small forward that the Mavs have at shooting guard right now. Let's log each other's log jams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I help me help you type of situation. Take back Dorian Finney-Smith who didn't, I mean, he's a great he's a great role player, but he yeah. didn't his efficiency fell off when he went to the Nets because you know that's the Luca effect, and you know he's making around what Tim Hardaway Jr. is making for the next three seasons, I believe. So, uh, you know that could work out pretty well. You know, Dorian is a nice fit for Dallas more so than Brooklyn. Brooklyn needs a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. because you know they traded. Uh, uh, Joe Harris this offseason, mm-hmm. who was kind of that that volume shooter role type deal. So uh, I could see that working. I really like that. I like that idea almost as much as I do just, you know, having someone absorb him and, and get, get some draft capital. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those situations where people view Tim Hardaway, even though he has good production, most people view him as being overpaid. So I feel like if you are going to get some draft capital for him, it's probably not going to be a first-round pick. It'd probably be like multiple seconds or something like that. So uh, I don't know. I kind of like that idea of swapping two guys who are kind of viewed as overpaid based on their their recent production uh, and then unclogging the log jam at the shooting guard and small forward position. So, yeah, bring back Dorian Finney-Smith. I like I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, and then you and then you uh, increase your defensive versatility as well if you're the Mavs. So 
Really like that. Uh, so, yeah, look, preseason, uh, there's a lot of positives that have come from this. The biggest thing, as Jason Kidd said, is the health aspect of it. You know, you don't want anybody getting hurt during preseason play and starting off the season in a hole. Um, now, we have a game coming up that's not technically listed on – like if you go to ESPN and everything, it's not going to show up on the Mavs preseason schedule. But the Mavs have an ex- exhibition game, a preseason game against Real Madrid, which is really cool because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's where Luka uh, – where the the phenomenon of Luka Doncic started. Uh, 13 years old, he, he started playing with Real Madrid. By the time he was 19 – he had won a EuroLeague championship and MVP before going to the, the NBA draft and ending up with the Mavs. So he's coming. It's a homecoming for Luka. Uh, Real Madrid and some of the players, you know, they, they've said some nice things. And, you know, uh, the city uh, or Madrid itself has uh, honored Luka ahead of this matchup. So, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal for Luca. I know the results of the game and everything won't matter too much, but just from a from a standpoint of it being important to Luca, it's it's a pretty big deal. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Mavs heading into this matchup? Uh, I personally think this is going to be one of those like, you know, even though it's preseason, they're going to win pretty big. Uh, yeah. Now, Real Madrid. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to insult Real Madrid. Maybe they come out and you know shock the world or whatever but i expect this one to actually be a pretty big win for the mavs and i expect luca to put on a show uh for however long he stays out there but what are your thoughts of you know for the mavs ahead of this real madrid matchup i think that number one it's just a really really fun um it'll, it'll be a really fun atmosphere just because you know you get one of uh, Real Madrid's all-time stars back in the building. And, you know, Real Madrid has a great culture. They have a great tradition as far as EuroLeague teams are concerned. They're always one of the premier teams in that league. Um, they've had Across the players. board, too, not just basketball. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we're basketball people, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, uh, I think, number one, first and foremost, it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, from a basketball perspective, I think we're going to get to see a little bit more out of guys like Jelly Walker, um, people like that who, you know, are still fighting for a spot. Um, also, I think that uh, I do think it'll probably be a pretty big win, but we should not disrespect Real Madrid because I think they've got some for former sure. NBA players on that team. Do they not? Yes. Yes, they do. And I look, I, I think. Uh... I'm not going to try to pronounce some of the, some of the names on. You know, I'm not going to say I'm a Real Madrid uh, roster expert, but I just I know, know I know they have talent on that roster to where if the Mavs don't give them the proper respect that they deserve, that you know they could make things very uh, uncomfortable for a while for them. But I think you know overall across the board, you know they they'll probably give. Uh, Real Real Madrid too much to handle throughout the course of four quarters, mm-hmm. and I think this this will be a good chance, you know, for the for the rookies to kind of uh, have a little bit easier matchup than than going against the front court duo of Carl uh, Anthony Towns and uh, Rudy Gobert like they did in those first two games. This will be 
you know, obviously they're good, but they're just, they're not quite, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves level good on the defensive end. So it'll right. be, uh, it'll be good to see what these guys can do when that, that level of defense is lowered from, from what they've been up against now. So well, I will say this, you know, yeah, you're, it's going to be different in terms of athleticism. Obviously Minnesota is going to have the edge there. Um, but physicality, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, we saw some things happen in this past year's World Cup that suggest that athleticism isn't everything. You've got to have uh, strength in what you do, especially down there on the boards. You've got to have footwork, you know, fundamentals. You know, these things matter. And if there's one thing that these European guys can do, it's fundamentals and strength and footwork. Absolutely. And yeah, that's I mean, where we, a lot of people got into trouble in the World Cup with these guys, you know. So Germany is the is the biggest, you know, example of all that. I mean, they they've got a couple guys on there. I mean, they've they've got NBA talent on that roster, but I don't think anybody was expecting a Germany versus Serbia, and especially Serbia without Nikola Jokic, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting that World Cup final matchup. <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it was just a giant beef fest, you know, like people just slamming into people. It's just <laughs> old backyard dad basketball. So, I mean, you know, and it works. It does work. We've seen it. We've seen it at all levels. I mean, in college, I'm going to nerd out here really quick, but uh, at the college level a few years ago, there was a guy that played at North Carolina called uh, Luke May. And he was literally oh, man. dad basketball extraordinaire. <laughs> and he torched Kentucky, who had a whole bunch of NBA guys. So, I mean, it just goes to show that throwback form of basketball, it does work. Yeah. So, there needs to be some respect there. I, I agree. I agree 100%. And then after this happens, after this big Luka homecoming game, the Mavs will head back home, and then they'll have about a week off uh, until they finish up the preseason. They have one more – uh, preseason game after this one against Real Madrid on Tuesday, and it'll be against the Detroit Pistons at American Airlines Center. Uh, so they'll get to go home and stay home until opening night, and then even on opening night, they won't have to travel too far because they're they're opening in San Antonio against Victor Wimbanyama and the Ooh. San Antonio Spurs. So uh, that 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 is going to be a very uh, intriguing opening game for the season that. You know, we're going to be excited about it, but oh, there's yeah. going to be a lot of national eyes on that too, you know, or, or worldwide. You know, people are going to mm-hmm. be watching that one uh, with a bunch of intrigue. So that'll be good. I, I fully expect the Mavs to win that game based on, you know, their overall roster talent versus the Spurs. But when you have Victor Wimbanyama and Coach Pop, <laughs> you just don't know. I mean, Wimbanyama or Wimbanyama, or however you say his name, Wimby, we'll just call him that. So I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> Wimby has so much upward trajectory as far as potential is concerned. It's insane. Now, we saw in summer league, you know, the physicality and the athleticism, it, it could bother him at times. But to have that type of skill, that type of mobility at that length and that height is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like it. The closest thing we've ever seen to it was a guy named Ralph Sampson way back in the day who was also seven foot four, who could do all these different things. But unfortunately, Ralph got hurt. And so we never really saw him at his full capabilities. Yeah. Um, this guy, 
the sky is literally the limit. Now he's not going to be, you know, prime Wimby whenever we play him at the beginning of the year, but it's still going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I I'm super excited for it. It's crazy that, you know, this entire off season has flown by the way it has. And it was a very eventful off season too. I mean, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, I guess that helped it fly by. Uh, and then, you know, also we, we had the world cup and we had Dirk's uh, hall of fame ceremony and, you know, all this other stuff that helped it go by quickly. And now here we are, you know, the season's about to get ramped up and, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a marathon until yep. about uh, we're gonna we're gonna say June of next year just to put good vibes out there. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> things uh, you know things can can mesh, and uh, I think the Mavs are gonna have a better year this year than what they did last year for sure. I mean, I uh, I know people are kind of upset with the with the outcome of these first two preseason games, but I really think you're gonna see a different Mavs team come opening night. Uh, there is a thing, you know, historically teams have a hard time getting off to a hard start. I mean, a, off to a fast start after they've had a, a long, hard uh, overseas trip in preseason like the Mavs have had with Abu Dhabi and now Madrid. Uh, and we saw it several seasons back. I think it was Luca's second year maybe. Uh, when they played in China, and then when they mm-hmm. got back, uh, you know, they started off the the season kind of sluggish. So uh, it just depends. I mean, I you never know what's going to happen there. If they start off a little bit slow this year, you know, people will blame the trip more than anything else. I just don't think that's going to happen given their opening schedule. I think they're going to get off to a good start for the first time in the Jason Kidd era, uh, and I think they're going to rebound rebound from what you know the disappoint disappointment that they had last year and you know for jason kidd's sake uh for (laughs) you know uh, he he needs to hope that is the case because you know the honeymoon phase is over uh right now you know he had the first year where they were amazing and you know went to the western conference finals then you lose jalen brunson and made a couple of questionable roster moves getting javel mcgee and Christian Wood, and we all know how all that stuff played out. And now you got Kyrie. You've upgraded the roster around him and Luca. You know, there's uh, there's no excuses now. You know, you got to go out there and get it done. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But guys, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Be sure to uh, stay tuned in the coming weeks because we got you know some really fun stuff lined up. Uh, some potential. Uh, Really cool Mavs guests that should be coming on here, and we'll have some interesting conversations, Mavs preview, uh, season preview pod with them. Uh, we also have some new T-shirts on the way as well. A Dirk Hall of Fame T-shirt design where all the proceeds are going to go uh, directly to the Dirk Nowitzki Foundation. Uh, I have finished up the design for that one. It's been It's been completely finalized. Now it's just a matter of, uh, actually getting the shirts and taking the orders and everything, and we'll be doing that uh, before the season gets underway. Also have some DallasBasketball.com t-shirts as well uh, that are that'll be here within the next week. Uh, DJ, I'll be sending you one of these and yeah, <laughs> some man. of our, our other DallasBasketball.com staffers, so be on the lookout for that. 
And be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Let's keep the, the train rolling over there. It's been an incredible offseason for the YouTube channel, and I appreciate every one of you guys for, for going and doing that. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you do so, uh, you're throwing your name in the hat uh, to potentially win a free T-shirt or any other kind of giveaways we do in the future. You know, if you if you put your uh, social media at when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, anytime we do have some sort of giveaway, you know, all of those names on the review deal are put into uh, the same pot, so to speak, and we pick randomly uh, to see if you win that giveaway. So be sure to do that. Guys, we appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day and have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.